Welcome back from the brink. It is Friday, the 22nd of January 2021. We are locked down. This is day 14,602 of lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. So um, you want to get a Bernie bobblehead. You want to get a uh, a uh, Funko Pop bobblehead. The Bernie bobblehead is $149, but you could get Disney's Carl from Up, who looks almost exactly the same, for only eleven ninety nine. Get Carl and call him call him uh, Bernie. Heck, uh, <laughs> he's one hundred forty nine dollars for the Bernie bobblehead. I'm thinking, isn't that man a socialist? Why is he so expensive? <laughs> of course, he has nothing to do with that, but uh, I'm sure it has everything to do with availability. And I think the Bernie one was a circa twenty sixteen campaign. So it's, you know, it's a collectible now, so it's worth a little bit more. Yeah, the collectibles are worth a wee bit more. So, uh, yeah. Hey, go figure, right? Uh, you can get a, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg for 14 bucks. Um, those will be a collectible at some point, right? They have a Bernie Sanders political action figure posable doll that you can get um but uh you know you can get a doll of just about anything they've got a joe biden and kamala harris posable action figures for 50 bucks for the set and uh yeah they're uh they're kind of weird looking you know you can tell who they are though you can look at it and go like okay i get it i get it so uh you know you want to play with dolls then uh you can go get them go get them why not i think if i were president i'd put an abraham lincoln bobblehead right on the desk you know right on the resolute desk there (laughs) why not for everybody to see not all this highfalutin art i want a bobblehead um anyway on to more important things than the bobblehead world oh stuff um so um Let's see what the heck is going out. Ah, stimulus checks and taxes. What you need to know before filing your 2020 income tax. Yeah, USA has an article that's talking about that. And, uh, and um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to, I've, you've got to think about that. You know, what is the effect of these stimulus checks that they've been sending out and what's that going to do and how's, how's that going to affect your taxes? I believe most of that money was supposed to be untaxable according to the way it was sent out. So it wasn't, uh, there was no tax taken out. You can't be taxed on it as income. It's not income. It's your government granting you money that they will then, you know, suck back out of you in the term, in, in the form of taxes later. So, uh, you can pay me now, you can pay me later, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the, um, uh, the story that was coming out of Washington yesterday was that the uh, Biden administration sat down to look at what the Trump plan was for COVID and, uh, and vaccine distribution and, uh, and figure out what they needed to change in order to make it work, and there was no plan. There was nothing there. That's what CNN was reporting, and Fauci fairly quickly came out and went, well, that's baloney. I sat in on the meetings. We had plans. Um, you know, the plans had flaws, but there was plans. And, uh, and Biden came out with a prepared 
book that looked like it was about 100 pages long that he held up in front of everybody and tapped on and said, this is our plan. We've put it together. This is it. So uh, it'll take everybody a month to read it, but this is the plan. So, hi. Hello, hello. I was talking about Biden's uh, COVID plan. He stood in front of the cameras with what looked like about a 100-page, you know, bound book uh, uh, that was the plan. He has the plan. And I'm thinking, you know, it'd take a lot of people probably a month to read through that, much less to actually do anything with it. <laughs> and, and I'm teasing just because that's the typical political way of handling things, right? We have a plan. Thump, here it is. We sat down yeah, and we exactly. wrote it. That's the plan. And everybody's like, oh, great. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how it all works out. You know, it was funny, too, that, uh, you know, uh, people were giving uh, Biden a hard time about saying, well, I want to see 100,000 vaccinations in 100 days. That was his is his plan. The day yeah. before he took office the, with the supposed non-existent Trump plan, there was like 980,000 vaccinations. So we're already at almost a million vaccinations a day, which is what we need to do the 100,000. So, you know, it's like that 100,000 is not like, that hard of a thing to hit we're probably going to hit that it's we're already geared up for doing that although the news is just covered with you know hey we're here's a here's a vaccination spot and they don't have any vaccines or there's you know there's more people showing up than have vaccines or people are supposed to have appointments but they're showing up without appointments anyway in some places if you get there early they'll give you some if anyway other places you know it's like nope you don't have a, a, an appointment then then go make an appointment or some places they say come back at the end of the day and if we have any left over and and, and we're not going to throw it away so come back and we'll give you a, you know your vaccine then and you know it's like uh, it is so you know, it seems like every single and again, because our our setup of health care is all like driven at the county level, which there's good and bad. But it just seems like it depends on where you live as to how it's going to be done. And getting an appointment doesn't guarantee that you'll actually get a vaccine. And, you know, some places have more vaccines than they have people who show up. And so they're giving them uh, to other people who aren't yet in one of the categories or don't have an appointment or, you know, it's just it's a nightmare. I don't understand um, uh, how, you, if you have an appointment, um, you can still wait in some places four and five hours to get your vaccine. Yeah, like, you have an appointment. You know, I, right. I mean, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. I would be livid. I would be livid. Yeah. At least in some places you get to sit in your car while you're waiting. But those places where you have to actually get out and stand in line, I could not stand in line for five hours. My back issues would not allow that. I couldn't yeah. do it. I well, physically would be in excruciating it's really pain. Cold outside. And so, yeah. you know, do you, do you sit in your car with your heater on and how much gas is that going to take? And, you know, I just, yeah. I, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> how much carbon are you putting into the atmosphere to get this vaccine? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy stuff. So did you hear Parler was back online and that they were using a Russian site to host? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That does not surprise me. The Russian um, guy yeah, says, yeah, we will we, we'll take your money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, well, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. I, it makes me sad because... You know, free speech is free speech. Um, you know that 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 uh, that our our tech overlords can 
to keep people from talking to one another, it does bother me a bit. I understand they're mm-hmm. private companies, but it does bother me. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that when you become a, a you know, we have to find a way of saying that, that you are, um, you know, if you, even if you're technically not a, a uh, monopoly, that if you have the preponderance of, of users in a given category, that you have to then play by slightly different rules and you have to have some oversight that you wouldn't have, you know, it's like if you're a monopoly, we're just going to go in, we should go in and break you up. We have rules about that. But as you approach monopoly, uh, there's ways, I mean, it's like, it's like the, the argument about Apple. It's like, well, you're not a monopoly. You only sell about a quarter of the phones, but you got like 90% of the revenue from sales of phones that everybody else is selling, you know, low end cheap phones. And, you know, you're making all this money selling the higher end phones. And so, yeah, you're not selling as many. They're selling four to your one, but they're making two or three bucks on each one, and you're making 50 bucks on each one, you know? I mean, it's like, okay, so it's not a monopoly in the traditional sense, but we maybe need to redefine that a little bit in, in the you know economies of, of the now, um, you know, because if you get kicked off of the Apple Store as a, as a developer, that's a major thing. And I don't like picking on Apple, but they, they do treat, you know, being a developer is uh, with Apple, you're completely dependent on them to decide that you're, you know, not evil. Um, and there's been lots of examples of like, there was a guy who had an app that had been on the app store for six years and his, his app was called amphetamine. And what it did was it kept your Mac from going to sleep. So it would, it would just block it from going to sleep and give you some options about how to set that up to control when it went to sleep. So if you were sitting there using your computer for long uh, periods of time, you don't want the screen to suddenly blank out on you and stuff. And there were just some features that it had that aren't built in. They had been, he'd been selling it for six years. And Apple then blocked the app and, and sent him notice that they were removing his app from the store because it, was, uh, it, it uh, violated their, their, uh, their drug policy because it was called amphetamine and its icon looked like a pill. And he had, you know, I guess they gave him 30 days to to comply by renaming and rebranding his app. And he pointed out that like four years ago, it was a featured app that they selected to put on the front of their app store. And that it's been there for six years, that it doesn't have anything to do with drugs and that your policy talks about the use of illegal drugs and amphetamines are prescription drugs. (laughs) And and he added, and he added, come on guys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, to their credit, they reevaluated it and uh, and said, "Okay, yeah, you're right. This is not a correct application of our policy." And so they allowed, allowed his app to remain. But I uh, have an app like that. It's called Caffeine. Yeah, and and Caffeine is a competitor app and very similar. Um, uh, but Caffeine, I think, was already taken. So he said, "Well, I won't be Caffeine. I'll be Amphetamines because that's an even better way to stay awake." Um, you know, I mean it. it I get it. It was a play on words, but it's, you know, I, nobody who uses that app is going to go, hmm, maybe I should take drugs now. Right. I'm going to go get some crystal meth. I mean, if he called yeah. it meth, then maybe, but he didn't. He called yeah. it Yeah. You know, it's it's like everybody in the world who has a um, uh, ADD, or not everybody in the world, but a lot of people who are in the world who have ADD are taking an amphetamine to deal with it, right? Um, yeah. Ritalin. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's an example of Apple for those who think that I always think Apple's the golden child. You know, that's them behaving badly 
Um, and, uh, you know, and they all do it. I mean, you know, I've railed on about Facebook and Google and, and, you know, and Twitter and, you know, they just, all these companies have an awful lot of power over an awful lot of people with an awful small amount of oversight or, or, uh, you know, public, the, the public has very little power in dealing with what is essentially a, a public monopoly at this point in some, in some yeah. instances, you know? Um, and so maybe we need to, like I said, create a definition for something that isn't quite a monopoly, but is a, a, you know, public utility in, in, in a sense and, and say, Hey, you know, when you get to this point and, you know, we can figure out how to measure what that point is in terms of, of public, uh, you know, use of your app or, or digging in, then say, okay, now you have to play by some slightly different rules. You know, we, we want you to still have a, a business that model that works. We don't want to say if you get too successful, then we just take you over. You know, welcome to China, right? Jack Ma. Yes. Um, but we want to say that, you know, you get to this point, you you know, there's enough people that are reliant on the service that you've created that you now have to, um, uh, you know, make sure that, that, that certain accommodations are made for... for free and fair access whether you like it or not and and if that means somebody else looks at some of your decisions occasionally then so be it um you know i don't know i i don't like to create a lot of bureaucracy to get in the way of businesses but i also you know as much as i i don't disagree with the banning of trump from twitter the fact that that jack dorsey could just wave a wand and ban somebody from twitter and shut off that that public mouthpiece is yeah. scary because if it he could do scary. it to if he could do it to Trump he could do it to anybody and as you've pointed out you know they banned Trump for fomenting violence <laughs> I can never use that word again without without hanging my head low um, for inciting <laughs> violence and uh, and yet you know they let the 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 Ayatollah maintain his account. You know, yeah. and he comes on and talks about the, you know, the the evil Satan in the in the West, you know, and and that we should rise up and, and martyr ourselves against the 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 horrible, you know, people that are the United States, and yet he's yes. still got an account, you yes. know, and you're like, they well, are the that ain't right. State sponsor of terror, in the uh, on the planet, and they still have, um, uh, they they still have their Twitter account. You know, the Ayatollah yeah. and his people. Yeah. And you go like, huh, go figure. Yeah. You know, and, and I actually heard somebody say as a, as a defense of this, believe it or not, they tried to defend that action was, well, but if you ban him, he'll ban then Twitter from the entire country. And then we lose them as part of the global conversation. And yeah, I'm whatever. Like, okay. And they're all free to say whatever they want without any repercussions within their country right now. No, they're not. So what, how much of that conversation is, you know, really a valid conversation You know, at this point? There's nobody in, in, um, in the former Persia who will um, post something about uh, his country or his politics or what's going on there that in any way could be perceived as negative because that person would then become a target. And so... So there's no like free exchange of conversation with people in that country right now anyway. So if they all got banned from Twitter, 
we haven't lost any free exchange of ideas, you know. I mean, unless they're sending stuff out that's, and I'm air quoting here, code for things, you know, which may be going on too. But, you know, it's like, no, that, that doesn't. Well, but uh, what about the Taliban? And what about, um, yeah. uh, what's that, Reverend um, Louis Farrakhan, who, yeah. you know, he, he spews all kinds of filth too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's just uh Yeah, it it's it's laughable and and it's arbitrary and that's why it's scary and it needs to be they just need you know, the government needs to sit down and think about uh, um uh uh what's the appropriate way to do this and and have this conversation without the CEOs of the companies in the room. They they don't need to be be part of the conversation until we decide what we're going to do. Then we can talk to them about it and they can then say you know, this causes a problem for us here, but this is okay. Or that, and then, they, then, you, then there's some give and take. But don't ha- let them formulate the rules because if they formulate the rules, then might as well not have rules. Exactly. Because they'll certainly formulate the rules that benefit them. So, um, you know, the idea of bringing in industry to figure out how to regulate that same industry is just dumb. So, um, so some of the stuff that's in in the White House now that got changed around. Um, when you're sitting at the president's desk, at the Resolute desk, he's staring at the fireplace, he has five pictures of former presidents, a large picture in the center of Franklin D. Roosevelt, and then around him he has portraits of Washington, Hamilton, Jefferson, and Lincoln. So he stares at, uh, at giants of the office. And then um, sitting on the right and left side underneath the paintings are busts of... Um, uh, who is that? That's um, um, Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. And so they're there. Now, Martin Luther, King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s bust was in the White House when Trump was there as well. So that's not been changed, but I mean, or it's moved, but it's there. Um, there's a bust of civil rights leader uh, Rosa Parks now sitting in the office. Um, and uh, there's a moon rock. Uh, sitting on the bookshelf. He put a moon rock in there that's on loan from the Smithsonian. There's a oh, portrait cool. of Benjamin Franklin. Uh, a portrait, uh, or a, 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 looks like about an 18-inch high bust of Cesar Chavez on a table uh, surrounded with a whole bunch of photos of his family, which sits right behind him. So they're all family photos of grandchildren and children. And so it's, it's uh, you know, he can turn around and stare at Cesar Chavez and stare at his kids. It's kind of cool because the Cesar Chavez bust, instead of like, you know, the traditional like looking straight ahead, he's kind of looking to his right and down. So it looks like the the bust looks like he's looking at the photographs that are sitting on the desk, which is really kind of cool. That's a very, yeah, very distinctly different, different kind of bust. Yeah. And I mean, there's a picture of him and his wife. It looks like actually from the inauguration is right there. And then um, you know, and then just the rest of her family pictures looks like there's a photo of somebody's wedding. You know, it's family pictures. It's it's what you would expect to see, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I think that the only thing that I would have done different is I don't like the the, the yellow, gold, bright uh, drapery. I would have said, let's switch that out and do it in blue or red or something. <laughs> let's pick some other patriotic color than this this horrid gold um <laughs> but that's just me he does have abraham lincoln and harry truman busts on either side of the desk against the wall the truman sits right below the benjamin franklin painting 
And above Lincoln's, it's a painting uh, titled Avenue in the Rain. And it is um, uh, a, a um, uh, impressionist style. Uh, and it looks like an avenue with a bunch of, like on Flag Day or something, because there's American flags hanging down. And you can kind of see them in the distance from buildings. Um, and uh, it's it's actually a very beautiful painting. Um, I like it. So, uh, and, and also a very patriotic theme, which is what one would expect. So um, I got a question for you. Do you know, I mean, when the president comes in, they can decorate the office any way they want. Um, but it seems like presidents have pretty regularly now been using the Resolute Desk. But there's other desks they can pick, right? They can decide what, what they want in their office. I think so. But, you know, I, I you know, the Resolute Desk is big. And um, I imagine it's, you know, you historic, right? So that you're, you're um, using this desk that uh, that is historic in American history, that is special, that is, I mean, I, I don't know that I would change it either. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that one has a lot of history. I know that there are, I I believe that there are other desks that also have history and have been used by other presidents and they're all stored either in the basement or off-site somewhere, but they've got them and and the a president can choose to use any of those or his own. I can't imagine, you know, like uh, you know, a modern like standing desk being put in there. That just seems wrong regardless of the uh, you know, ergonomics of it. But uh yeah, and, and the Resolute Desk used to be like an open desk. You could see the feet of the person sitting there, and they, they closed it in. I think that was um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt closed it in because he didn't want people seeing his legs underneath there. And so it's it's you know got a panel that's in there. And there's a very famous picture of one of Kennedy's kids because the panel is like a door that you can open. One of Kennedy's kids like sitting under the desk and opening the door and peeking out. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. It's yeah, it's a 19th century partner's desk used by several presidents. Uh, It was gifted from Queen Victoria to President Rutherford B. Hayes in 1880. It was built from oak timbers from the British uh, Arctic exploration ship, the HMS Resolute. So that's why it's called the Resolute desk or the Hayes desk, because it was given to to Rutherford B. Hayes. But uh, that's kind of interesting. Franklin Roosevelt uh, requested the addition of a door with a pre- uh, with the presidential seal to conceal his leg braces. So yeah, I was correct in that remembering that. So, uh, yeah, hmm. interesting, interesting stuff. But uh, so there's so, an article uh, on BuzzFeed that is really, really irritating to me, and I know it's BuzzFeed, but. Uh, there, the the title, the headline is: This popular parenting influencer is a Trump donor. What should followers do about it? So, like, her content is now is no longer good because she's a Trump donor. She's a she's a mommy blogger, um, and uh, she has a huge inst- She's huge on Instagram, one point three million followers, um, and a lot of they're mostly millennial and Gen Z moms. Um, mm-hmm. She's an Arizona-based neonatal nurse and mom of four. Uh, according to her origin story on her website, um, she became frustrated as first-time uh, mom ba- uh, baby sleep books and methods weren't helping her child sleep well. After researching the science and putting your infant to sleep, on putting your infant to sleep, she created her own plan, which she turned into turned into a company in 2013. Parents can buy her manuals, which are intended for newborns to 24-month-olds, for about 80 bucks each. Um, and she's got, you know, tips and tricks on her on Instagram, et cetera. 
and you know essentially um it is it is they're they're asking you know so it's for much of 2020 content creators and their followers have been grappling with a hard question how do we best deal with politics and current events on instagram mm -hmm. on inauguration day this debate became came to a head in a rather unexpected way in the form of a fierce debate over the politics of an incredibly popular baby sleep expert like she has a right to her opinion. She has a right to her well, politics. And what does her political opinion have to do with baby sleep and and uh, and 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 you know a mommy blog? Nothing. But it speaks to it speaks to cancel culture, where if you think the wrong mm -hmm. way, we're going to destroy your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which that's is right. Oh my God, that's fascistic. Yeah. Welcome to America. Has it always uh, yeah, been it's, that way? I mean, this is this is a relatively new thing. That yeah, you know, it's 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 something that used to happen in politics and politically, but it wasn't something that um, that happened, um, you know, to average people, right? It wasn't something that that you and I ever had to deal with. Uh, but it seems like that is uh, more and more the case, and that's it's it's. It's frustrating. It really is. I just, you know, she gave a total of a thousand bucks to the Trump campaign, um, uh -huh. which is, you know, it, it's not an amount of money that is that made any difference at all. And, yeah. um, you know, lots of people are, are writing to her and we can no longer in good conscience, you know, financially support her. Now, first of all, yeah. using yeah. her product is not financially supporting her. That is a free exchange. You like her product, she sells it to you. You're not financially support like she's a child. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, I I understand the term of like you know we're not going to buy your things and 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 I mean the 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 turn of phrase may not be a hundred percent accurate, but we're not going to support you by by buying your products because you know that does support her in a sense. But you know that's their option. They can choose not to support somebody, but to publicly chastise that person because they think differently than you. You know, I'm not going to support you because something totally unrelated to how our relationship about you is bothering me, you know? And if, if, you know, that thing that is totally unrelated is we discover that you, you're a, a serial killer. Um, okay. But you have a political opinion that's different than me. Really? That's going to be enough to just decide I, I can't, in good conscience, deal with you at all. That seems incredibly petty and shallow. Yes, as if as if um, the fact that she, as a Trump supporter, is a a, is a moral question, right? Like that it is immoral to support her because she liked Trump. Which, yeah. You know, you may or not. She's somehow liked immoral. Him, yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, it's it's it's. Uh, it's getting a little nutso cuckoo ding dong out there, you know, it really is, um, you know, and, and I was hoping that, that, that things would maybe start to calm down a little bit, but maybe we're just going to have to give a little more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just bothers Yeah. You know, it's like, fine. If you don't like her, her, her product or you don't like her, you know, and I don't know how much. She she on the flip side of that is, is, you know, does she pepper her product like her the her videos and stuff with su 
support for things that you don't support. If that's the case, no, don't listen to her. But if it just happened to leak out that she also donated some money to a campaign for, for somebody who you didn't approve of, well, okay, fine. I mean, you can make your own decisions. You're an adult. But, but to go and trash that person just because they disagree with you? So to try the, financial, to... the political financial filings, this is where they're getting at these reports. Um, uh, and, and, and people have gone digging through the reports to see who supported Trump, and they're going after those people. So that's yeah. what's happening. She didn't. She didn't. Her bo- her blog has nothing to do with politics. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's that's you know seek and destroy missions, and that's just so wrong on so many levels. You know. Yep. It is. It's like, heaven so forbid that I have any opinion that doesn't totally align with everybody online. Good yeah, luck. With the group think. Mm-hmm. And they called Donald Trump a fascist. Okay. Um, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders is now warning the Democratic Party that uh, they're going to get decimated in the midterms if they do, do not deliver significant results for the American people in the coming months. And he's right. I mean, they've got control of everything. If they don't... Yeah, but that's 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 like saying, okay, this is a book. You know I mean, okay, right, sure. Every single political group ever if they got in charge, has to do something or they will get voted out. Right? Yes. I mean, Bernie's stating the obvious. Okay, Bernie. Yay, Bernie. Sit in your chair, grumpy old man. The the quote is, uh, (laughs) let me be clear, I have zero doubt that unless we significantly improve the lives of the American people this year, Democrats will get wiped out in 22 midterm elections. This is what happened when Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency under Bill Clinton in 94. And that is what happened under Barack Obama in 2010. And he's right. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, there are some people who believe that the Republican Party is dead. It is not. Um, So, you know, the. Yeah, I mean, it's wandering around like a chicken with its head cut off, but it'll find a head eventually and stick it back on. It will. It will. Yeah. It's politics. They'll figure it out. Somebody will go, hey, follow me. And everybody will go, "Uh, okay. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I don't disagree with him at all, you know, but the same thing happens regardless of who's in power. If they, if they, if they're in power and they, uh, especially if they control the Senate and the House, um, the, the midterm elections always tend to go the other way unless they've really done something phenomenal and can point to that. And, um, you know, if two years from now we're still dealing with, you know, if, if we haven't made any significant headway on COVID and we're still dealing with lockdowns and 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 uh, and our taxes have gone through the roof to pay for all of these uh, checks that the government has been sending us, people are going to go, wait a minute, this this kind of stinks. <laughs> and they're going to vote them out, you know. Yeah, exactly. So we America is supposed to work. Yes. We're supposed to have, and we're not supposed to always have unity. Unity, unity, unity seems to be the the mantra of the day. But you know, it's it's the program the, mm-hmm. the our system of government was not designed for unity. It was designed for uh, yeah. people duking supposed it out. To not, supposed yeah, to be messy. Supposed to be messy. It's supposed to be messy. That slows the. That was intentional. They actually intentionally created a government that would not be able to do things really quickly and easily because they had lived under that. It's called monarchy, and it didn't, didn't work out well for everybody. And so government of the people, for the people, and by the people is supposed to be a, with a bunch of messy people. you got to get down there and argue for it and make your point and, and 
sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and, and that's just sort of the way it's supposed to be. It works well. It is messy. Sorry, it's not neat and pretty, but it's, it, you know, excuse me, it, um, it's what we got, you know, and uh, it's managed to get us through, you know, 200 plus years, um, despite some dark moments. But, um, but you know, um, I think that uh, if the if Joe Biden's administration is not able to to work progressively forward and and create a uh, a I, I hate to say actually move forward, but create a perception that things are getting better and that they're handling things well and competently, then then they will lose the ability to to push things through the House and Senate with majorities that they currently have. And that's expected and, and, and the right way to go. And, you know, especially in, in two years, because, you know, the Republican Party doesn't have to have a consolidation around a leader at that point in time. You know, they have four years before they have to have a consolidation around somebody who's going to run for um, the highest office. Right. So... Lots of states will be able, and let's face it, let's look at all the, you know, the states that were so close. They could go either way, and we'll go back and forth, you know? I mean, there was many states where it was, you know, a few thousand votes one way or the other would have tilted the state red or blue. That's true. It's true. So, So. of course, the next time we we have an election, instead of 70,000 people, we'll get like, you know, 30,000. Or seventy million, we get like thirty million. You know, the the off year elections always have much lower turnout. So apparently, uh, residents of neighboring states um, and and even you know far away states have been going to to Florida to get vaccines, and they were they like a vaccine tourism because they were more efficient in delivering their vaccines in some other states. Um, Will they give it so, to somebody who doesn't have like a, a license from? there well they have they have they are now uh shutting that down before they weren't okay. but now they are okay um and they're saying no more vaccine tourism yeah because i know like la county won't even give you a vaccine if you live in orange county they're saying go to orange county to get it yep so <laughs> but um, but apparently you could drive down from from albany georgia to, to get your get your shot in tallahassee yes so um, they they are prioritizing Floridians to give you know to, to in in Florida, which makes sense, and they yeah. say it's necessary to protect public health and safety. So um, only cited exception to the new residency mandate are healthcare workers, healthcare workers who are working directly with patients because there are traveling right. nurses who go oh, to yeah. where the pandemic is spiking, and so obviously they're in they're in. Um, yeah. A That's a good category. caveat. That's a good caveat right. because they're here to help, and 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 you're saying, sorry, you got to go back home and get your vaccine. We don't want your help anymore. I don't yeah, think so. No, that no, makes no, no. yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. Would be dumb. yeah, that so, makes no sense at all. It's funny when you said neighboring states. I had to think like, what states actually neighbor Florida? It's like a peninsula. There's nothing around it but the oceans. The Gulf of Mexico is the neighboring. Georgia but Alabama and Alabama. And, Al, Georgia and Alabama have have borders with it. You know, across the top part there. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So no more vaccine tourism. Do you know anybody yeah. who's gotten the vaccine, Todd? Probably wasn't a good idea anyway. Um, I know one person uh, who works in the healthcare industry, and uh, she got her first 
uh, shot of the, um, oh, not the Moderna one. What's the other one called? Pfizer. Pfizer. Got the Pfizer shot. So, or no, was it Moderna? I don't remember. I didn't get it. I know one person. I know some people like, I I know some, yeah, it's one or the other. Um, It's a 50-50 shot. Um, I think it's Moderna. But um, I know a couple people who have uh, appointments. We'll see if they actually get the vaccinations. So, Um, oh, I take that back. I take that back. You know what? Um, uh, I was talking to my folks and they were supposed to get it. My dad on Tuesday, my mom on Wednesday uh, in North Carolina. Now they're both uh, uh, right around 80, give or take. One is over, one is under. But, uh, you know, they are retired and and definitely in in what's considered a high risk area. And so um, uh, they... um, were able to get there. What my dad through the VA and then my mom through their health insurance. So nice. Yeah. Nice. So I do, I do know some people who got the vaccine. You know what? I need to call them too. I want to see which one they got. Um, and I don't know why I'm curious about that, but I am, I'm just curious about whether they got, um, uh, the Moderna or the Pfizer. Um, you know, there's been different reports about different ones. Um, at one point, I know uh, one of my family members was, I don't want to get the Moderna because there were some issues in some of the early tests with Moderna. But then um, apparently the Pfizer one has had more allergic reactions and more problems with allergy, um, you know, people who are prone to having allergic things. So so um, I know another family member who said, no, I won't get it unless I can get the Moderna one. And in fact, she got two appointments so that she could then pick which one in case one of them was offering Pfizer and the other was offering Moderna. Huh. I didn't know so. you could pick. Maybe in her state you can. Yeah, I don't know that you can pick, but you can, um, I mean, like you can't like go and say, I want this or that one, but you can make an appointment. And if that place is giving one and that's not the one you want, then then cancel your appointment and go to, a, you know, make oh, a new okay. appointment at a different place. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is I think that like, um, say you were going to go get yours at your local CVS or something, because I know some of those are doing it as well, is... You know, they may be giving Pfizer today and Moderna tomorrow, depending on just what came in. You know? Yeah. So when you when you ask them, what are you giving? They're going, whatever we got. You know, it's like today we got this tomorrow. Who knows? So it's, there's an interesting article in Mike. I don't even listen to um, my, or Mike. not listen to uh, read my M.I.C. Maybe it's Mick, but I think it's Mike. Um, Mike is in microphone. Melissa- yeah. Yes, it's by Melissa Pandika, and there is um, she is a health writer, and she says how anxiety and your diet are connected, according to experts. Um, so you know if there are specific foods um, that uh, uh, that can exacerbate your anxiety, um, and there's specific foods that can calm your anxiety, and they know that that stimulants, obviously like caffeine. Um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. it can can exacerbate things yeah and um, alcohol can um, can also make things worse alcohol makes everything worse um, so says you those... who has too much oh. wine sitting around the house <laughs> drink some of that wine and see how anxious you are <laughs> yeah right um, her, she says that they that both um, the caffeine and the alcohol quote really primes your body to be more anxious um, we know your body metabolizes the complex carbs in whole foods slower than simple sugars and processed foods, which helps stabilize your blood sugar, creating an overall sense of calm. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it is 
you know, apparently you have to you have to eat whole foods. Who knew to be healthy? And that includes um, uh, with the whole cow anxiety. What'd you say? I said you eat the whole cow. That's whole foods, right? No, eat no, it's it. food that are, that is not processed. Food that remem- right. remembers where unprocessed it came from. foods. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, okay. Again, that's one of those sort of like I think kind of stating the obvious. You want to eat healthier, eat stuff that's less processed. That, that seems to make sense. Um, that said, I like me a good potato chip. Um, so they also she also says. Um, that magnesium-rich foods like chard, nuts, mm. seeds, and whole grains can potentially have an impact on anxiety. Some foods with possible anxiety-lowering pro- properties have been shown to increase the release of feel-good no- neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. The results yeah. are promising, are promising, but they're just preliminary. Yeah. Um, well, a lot. I know a lot of those neurotransmitters require. Um, uh, Minerals, and so if you don't have a a diet that is rich in a variety of different minerals like selenium and, and manganese and zinc and magnesium and things like that, that that creates a lot of problems for people that they're not always necessarily even aware that that's the source. Yes, and so, um, so she's wary. That the, the scientists are wary of recommending foods at this point. Um, that, uh, but that anything that can decrease inflammation in your body is, uh, those things are good. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's different for every person. So they're reticent to make blanket recommendations apart from, you know, just eat healthier and pay attention to your body and your responses and how, how, um, how you respond specifically to, um, to whatever it is you're eating. But they do say cut out processed foods for a period Mm -hmm. of time to see how you feel. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you know, it's like uh, don't eat things made with stuff. Eat the stuff, right? Yes. Yes. I have one more update. It has to do with diet too, because we're talking about food and diet. Um, uh, one more change on in the in the Oval Office. What's that? Trump installed a red button on the desk. When you hit the red button, somebody showed up with the Diet Coke. It was his Diet Coke buttons. <laughs> he didn't have to call anybody or ask anybody. Just hit the button and somebody would come walking in with a Diet Coke shortly. Isn't and, that interesting? Uh, Biden has removed the button. <laughs> I guess if he wants Diet Coke, he'll just say, uh, somebody give me a Diet Coke. Somehow Joe Biden doesn't seem like a Diet Coke drinker. Maybe yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Maybe he'd be better if he was. <laughs> join the addiction like the rest of us come on man right i tell you what you think heroin's hard to get rid of uh try try quitting diet coke good heavens that stuff is is, is yes moorish the more you want you just keep wanting more yes you know it's funny because i mean you know you've got a problem with diet coke when you open a can and you sit down at your desk and there's a can there that's half drunk yes. um you know you're just doing it on autopilot you know Yes. And you sip it and you go like, what's that taste like? Well, it tastes like a vat of bubbly chemicals. It, it tastes fairly awful, but you just drink it out of habit because that's what you do. And if you try to quit it, you get like caffeine withdrawals and headaches. And I don't know what else they put in that stuff, but there is something in there that is so addictive that it's, you know, beyond anything else seen by mankind. I swear. Diet Coke. Yeesh. 
it's true. It's true, and yeah. no other diet soda will satisfy it. No, there's, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. There's something about, you know, Diet Pepsi, bleh. Um, you know, Diet Dr. Pepper, uh-uh, not the same. It just doesn't It doesn't work. It's it's like Diet Coke. There's something in there. I, I, I would love to know what that chemical mix is, um, you know, that secret sauce that they won't tell anybody about. But holy moly, it should be. I, I wonder if anybody's actually done like a chemical analysis of what what's Diet Coke. I would love to read what's in there because there's something in there besides just, you know, artificial sweeteners caramel coloring and and bubbly water i mean there's something in there that that you know something something in the brown dye that they're filling our bodies with can you imagine how we've dyed our insides that are all all the you know brown color of diet coke now instead of a natural pink healthy color of like internal organs everything's brown um that's a revolting thought i know but that's what i've got to imagine that's what's going on you know we're processing whatever the heck it is that's in that stuff but uh yeah anyway the button's gone so with that we are at the end of our podcast for today we are i'm todd brinker thanks for joining us i'm aaron brinker have a great weekend everyone we'll talk to you on monday monday (laughs) 